We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our lead college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Trochi. Keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. Week 7 is almost in the books. we got some games still cooking including USC. We're coming live at uh, 11.45 Saturday night, and USC is still uh, trailing Arizona. So we'll see how that one turns out. But, uh, Bill, we had a lot of big results today. We thought we might, and we actually finally got a day of a lot of chaos. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I would say controlled chaos. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah like, that's true. I mean, yeah, There, there's been some wildness here late, but – I would say, you know, the three games we're, we're going to talk about here, you know, the Red River rivalry, chaotic finish. Uh, <laughs> Notre Dame, Louisville, not chaotic, but a, a case of we'll get into what, what really happened there. And then Alabama, Texas A&M, good game. And, you know, for all of those people that – and I've said this for two weeks now, if, if you're in a big hurry to bury Alabama and Notre Dame – or Alabama and Jalen Milrow and Crimson Tide, I, you're going to have to wait about – whenever the SEC championship game is. Yeah, it was, it's a chaotic in terms of the top 10 is going to jump around a little bit, I think. Um, and, you know, one team that's going to jump into the top 10, no doubt about it, is Oklahoma. After that wild uh, Red River rivalry game today, it was Oklahoma 34, Texas 30, Dylan Gabriel 23 for 38, 285 yards and a touchdown on with, 15 seconds to go in the game. And then he had 14 carries for 113 yards and a touchdown. He drove his team 75 yards in five plays. He had no timeouts uh, in the final two minutes and threw the game-winning touchdown to Nick Anderson. It was Anderson's only catch of the day uh, for Texas. Quinn Ewers, 31 for 37, 346 yards. Not bad. One touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, and then Jonathan Brooks for the Longhorns ran for 129 yards and a touchdown. 
but at, at 27 all, OU went three and out. Texas drove for a field goal. And then uh, Texas, uh, uh, also earlier in the fourth quarter, failed to score from first and goal at the one-yard line. That obviously came back into play later. What were your impressions of that game? It was unbelievable. It lived up to all the hype. Oh, it always does. And they're going to need a rematch now. Texas will. Um, <laughs> and that'll I think, be fun. I think they'll get it, too. I, I don't, you know, Texas doesn't have another ranked team left on their schedule. Oklahoma, this was a big statement game for them. You mentioned Dylan Gabriel uh, making the plays in, in the clutch. Texas clumsy with the football early, two picks. Uh, that game's typically got we talked about it, the wild emotional swings that come with that game and Oklahoma handled them even at the end. And that's really a game where traditionally last get last guy with the ball wins and uh, Oklahoma made the plays in in the clutch Uh, puts Dylan Gabriel in the Heisman discussion. No doubt Uh, takes a lot of steam out of Texas because that one score narrative is going to pop back up. I mean, they're Sarks four and 11 in one score games. You can't, you got to win those at some point. So I, I'm sure there's a lot of maddening frustration with Texas based on, well, they wouldn't have been number one, not after what Georgia and Michigan did, but they probably would have had a, a solid hold on that number three spot. I mean, that goal line standby, Oklahoma was, was unbelievable. First and goal at the one yard line. And they just manned up and stopped them four straight plays, three runs. And then the pass that was within inches Right of 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 uh, I think it was Xavier Worthy, was it? Yeah, you don't throw short of the stick, though, man. Throw the ball in the end zone. Uh, and they had a fourth down call earlier in the game where they throw a touchdown to the tight end. I mean, I, I, that's a pet peeve of mine. If you're going to throw throw the ball in fourth down, throw it in the end zone. You know, yeah. and and that was you know that that much that much it kept them out. And again, Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma had a fourth down earlier too, where Drake Stoops would got hemmed into the sideline, but always big plays, always a lot between those two. Um, Craig Sankey was probably loving it. And as we posed the question, Brett Yormach better come to the big 12 championship game. If it's those two, because it's going to be really their last hope to get a playoff team. I'm guessing he's contractually obligated to hand the trophy over to the winner of the, of the big 12 championship game. So yeah, I think he will be there. Dylan Gabriel. I didn't realize he could run as well as he runs. I mean, yeah, he's, he, he's nice. he was terrific, just weaving his way in and out of, the, you know, he's not a typical like speed scrambler. He's just savvy. Right. And you, you said they'll, they'll hop into the top 10, but my best guess is nine, maybe eight. Um, just You were on at, them early. You, I'll give you credit. You were on them early and now they're six and oh with a big win over Texas. Well, transfer portal, healthy Dylan Gabriel, uh, Ralph Russo, AP writers on him a little more. I think he picked them to go to the playoff. But, I mean, who are you putting them over? Are you putting them over Oregon? Not yet. Are you putting them over Penn State? Probably Maybe. not Maybe. Did they have a better win than Oregon has? Like, what's Oregon's best win right now? Uh, beating everybody by 50. <laughs> um, beating <laughs> Dion, I guess. Um, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they might. But I, I still think they'll land in that 8-10 to 10 range. I still wouldn't. I don't know that I'd put them over Penn State yet. Uh but they'll be in that mix, and they'll be the Big 12's highest-ranked team. Uh, so uh, maybe I'm wrong. But, I mean, I'll just tell you right now, in our 1-133, to I have them slotted in at 9. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's they're still – they were still dangerously close to losing that game. And I think Texas will be the highest-ranked one-loss team 
at 11, one spot ahead of Alabama. And we're exploring that in our lead of, you know, which one of those teams has more staying power. I mean, Texas, one more loss, you're out. Alabama, they've got three games in a row at home. Three in a row at home. They don't they don't see another road game till November 11th. And they don't lose at home very often. But no. they did this year by 10. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, but we can talk about Alabama now. So Alabama, uh, 26, Texas A&M, 20, Jalen Milrow, Mil- Jalen Milrow, 21 for 33, 100, 321 yards, three touchdowns and an interception, great numbers. Jermaine Burton, wide receiver, nine catches for 197 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he, those are, that's more catches and more yards than he had the entire season le- leading up to this game. He just took it over, dominated. Bama trailed 17-10 at halftime. They took a 24-17 lead on two third-quarter TDs by Burton. They blocked an A&M field goal in the fourth quarter and forced uh, an intentional grounding of Max Johnson for a safety to go up 26-17. Then Bama held Texas A&M out of the end zone. They had to settle for a field goal, and then Bama eventually – ran out the clock what were your impressions of this one and and you know you've made it clear you think Bama's the team to to watch in the SEC West well I mean they've got total control of it now uh unless they lose to LSU uh they they beat Mississippi State and Texas A&M on the road the last two weeks that Jalen Milrow is starting to grow into that position I mean he had 321 yards he had one interception got sacked a bunch in the first half and then they responded, you know, they, they he established that connection with Burton. He made great throws. He threw three touchdowns, really a career day for him. And then the defense on top of it with four fourth quarter sacks, they blocked a field goal, cheap block uh, call on Dallas Turner on that line side from- block. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was touchy. That was really touchy. I mean, otherwise this Texas A&M doesn't even get close to getting back in this game. So yeah, they play Arkansas next week, then back-to-back games against Tennessee, bye week, LSU at home, Kentucky on the road. Kentucky on the road is their toughest game on the road remaining. So Kentucky and Auburn, I mean, I, I just see a schedule where provided they beat LSU and LSU got by that, and LSU can't play any defense right now, um, they'll be 11-1 and and they'll get a swing at Georgia at the end of the road. And that's pretty much the end of the story every year in the college football playoff anymore. But um, 
yeah, they're they're far from dead. And I think Nick Saban is embracing this challenge right now. You know, that was a big win for them to go into Texas A&M, and I, I think they're only going to get better. He talked a lot about all the mistakes they made. I think they had 14 penalties, which has been a problem for two years. Uh, had some turnovers, had some you know weird clock management things. Uh, but he was relieved after the game more than anything. And I think Ross Dellinger had a column uh, from College Station. He overheard one of the Alabama assistant coaches walking off the field saying to another guy, is this what it's like for the rest of the, the, rest of the staffs in the country? <laughs> like, you really got to sweat these games out. And, you know, it's like, yeah, not everybody wins 42 to 3 all the time, you know. So uh, it's a different feel for Alabama, but I think they might end up in the same place, like you said. Uh, the SEC championship game and and right knocking on the door for the playoff. Yeah, it's a it's a really good team, and you know I, they they may not be perfect, but as we found out today, there's a lot of other teams that aren't perfect. Uh, uh, and it, the object of the game is not to lose twice. Texas is going to be in that mix. Alabama is going to be in that mix. Um, it, it was a good game. It, that was a fun game, and. You know, for the Crimson Tide, like I said, LSU, they've got some holes. Ole Miss survived today. They they played a pesky Arkansas team, but I don't see anybody else coming out of that SEC West right now. All right, let's move on to uh, tie number 10, Notre Dame. They fell at Louisville 33-20. to uh, The Cardinals moved to 6-0. and Pretty dominating victory in the second half. It was 10-10 at halftime, and then the Cardinals came out and just shut down the Notre Dame offense. Uh, Jawar Jordan for Louisville ran for 143 yards and two touchdowns. Louisville forced five Notre Dame turnovers overall. The Irish dropped to five and two heading into USC. And they've got plenty of questions about an offense that scored 40 points the first four games of the season. And now they can barely crack 20 the last three weeks. Well, what's going to hurt for Notre Dame fans who like to compare it to Brian Kelly? Well, LSU and Notre Dame will be both ranked and they'll both be two lost teams and neither one of them is going to the playoff. And that hurts. I mean, again, next year, this wouldn't have mattered because we'd be in a 12 team setup. They could turn around, beat USC, even lose to USC and maybe slip in at nine and three. It's a brutal schedule. Um, But I mean, we can excuse it all we want. Five turnovers, no matter who you play on the road, you're probably going to lose. I mean, it's not like Louisville's a juggernaut. Um, I, I think it's a bad loss. And rather it's that if this game was played at noon, would Notre Dame win? I don't know. But th- that's a road game. You've got to pass the road test. And they didn't do that tonight. Sam Hartman struggled. Uh, fourth quarter, Louisville took over. Louisville was you know, all this talk about toughness. And Louisville ran the football. Louisville ran the football. Jeff Brom's a great play caller. I'm going to go back to – I'm going to – let me look look, look up this article from – why – I don't know. What, what do you think? Why well, I got to look this up because I had a good column uh, early in the offseason where I said Louisville could be this year's TCU. They were one of my candidates. And all of a sudden, mm. they're starting to profile like this year's TCU. They, they're going to compete in the ACC. They don't have – North Carolina and Florida State on the schedule. I think my other picks were Oregon State, Penn, Penn State, and Penn State didn't count. Forget who I put in the SEC, but Louisville was the one that I was like, "Yeah, Jeff Brom fits. Could happen." Yeah, and I don't want to hear anything about the prime time and the three weeks. Or like, you just you can't convert on third and one over and over and over. You can't turn the ball over. You 
you know, the defense definitely wore down in the second half, but the offense didn't help them. Uh, the wide receiver situation remains a big problem for Notre Dame. Uh, it doesn't seem like they don't know what to do in, in short yardage, and and several drives have stalled. Uh, they tried estimate up the middle a few times. That's not working. They tried a jet sweep. That's not working. Then they had obviously troubles last week against Duke. They had troubles against Ohio State, and that so that problem isn't going away, whether it's the third row, prime time game in a row or not. Um, and they're going to have problems against USC next week. It's the same thing. Uh, the, the right tackle, Blake Fisher, is supposed to be a great tackle. He did not have a good game. Uh, Hartman was under pressure a ton. He had three sacks and an intentional grounding just in the first half. And then I think it might have even gotten worse in the second half. So, yeah, no excuses for Notre Dame. They didn't deserve to win. And uh, Louisville has a very favorable schedule. They're going to be able to keep this undefeated run going for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they don't – they play Duke. They play uh, – they play – Pitt next Ma- week. Pitt, they'll beat them. They, I think they got Miami on the schedule. Who knows where Miami is. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, um, they're, they're definitely – going to be in the discussion. Are they good enough to beat Florida State? I don't know. Florida State ran the ball better today and took care of business. But North Carolina, I think, could be in the top 10 tomorrow. They probably should. They uh, Tez Walker, Drake May looked like Drake May today. So Florida State, while highest-ranked team in the ACC, has to go through North Carolina. And obviously, this Louisville team is going to have something to say about it. And who knows? I mean, so... Very interesting. I mean, like I said, if you're looking for this year's TCU and you're still trying to hang on to that, and it's still unlikely, it's still really hard to pull off. I mean, we saw them tonight. Let's stay in the ACC, and then we'll jump back into the Big Ten and touch on a couple of, uh, you know, Michigan and Ohio State and everything. But uh, like you talked about, UNC, they just drilled Syracuse 40-6. to Syracuse was – they're now 4-2. and uh, but Drake May, 442 yards, three touchdowns, and then Tez Walker, like you said, first game back after becoming eligible for the, by the NCAA, six catches, 43 yards. Uh, North Carolina was up 27 nothing at halftime. Or I have a game against Miami next week, which was <laughs> looking like it was going to be undefeated versus undefeated, but Miami had the meltdown of all meltdowns uh, in clock management situation at the end of the game against Georgia Tech. They were winning by three points. The It was third down. Georgia Tech was out of timeouts. The clock ticked under 40 seconds. It was about in the mid-30s. You could, they, could, they were at Georgia Tech's 25-yard line. They could have taken a knee, but they ran the ball up the middle. The guy was fighting for extra yardage. Georgia Tech strips the ball and recovers it with about 25 seconds to go, and then they complete four passes down the field. The last one by Haynes King, 44-yard touchdown with one second to go. Georgia Tech picks up the victory. Miami could have had had they taken a knee. Yeah, and you earned it. I mean, my that was one when I do our weekly picks, and I didn't get it right. I was wrestling back and forth with it. I was like, you know, back against the wall moment for Georgia Tech. They lost to Bowling Green last week. That's humiliating. These are 18 to 22-year-old kids. You know they were going to play with some pride. They fired the defensive coordinator at the post-game press conference. 3 nothing at halftime. Miami screwed around in the first half, and you get in a game like that. Even they were probably like, we're relieved to get out of here, so why not kneel out of it, get out of there? 
go play against North Carolina next week, puts a different bend on that game. Going to bring a lot of heat on Mario Cristobal because that's an inexcusable loss. They will drop out of the top 25. They should. And, you know, they had profiled so well. Like I was talking about them on the podcast this week. The defense was amazing. The defense wasn't like awful tonight. It's just one of those wacky, if they still had divisions, this would be one of those wacky ACC coastal things and that's what happened to him tonight but good on georgia tech for and haynes kane for haynes king for pulling out the victory yeah really i mean just incredible like you said i mean they did it last year too they pulled off some upsets that's a team that you get we should pick them the underdog challenge every week because you know they're going to pull some off so all right over to the big 10 ohio state 37 17 over maryland uh, but it wasn't a 37-17 game the whole game. Uh, Kyle McCord was 19 for 29 for 320 yards and three touchdowns. Marvin Harrison, eight catches, 163 yards, one touchdown. Now Ohio State threw for 320, and Team Toughness ran for 62. So that's not the balance that Ryan Day likes to brag about. They trailed 10-0. It was 10-10 at halftime after Maryland left Three points on the board with poor clock management, more clock management issues across college football. Uh, and then Ohio State's first half touchdown came on a pick six. They did, they hadn't done much at halftime. They were lucky to be tied. Uh, but second half, all Buckeyes, after a, a Maryland opened with a touchdown drive, then it was 27 nothing Buckeyes from there. Uh, what were your thoughts when watching Ohio State? It, it didn't look good for a while. No, and you know, it, it was – but they won. They won by 20. Maryland screwed up by, you know, screwing up the clock at the end of the first half. It's not a bad idea to throw the ball to Marvin Harrison. And they <laughs> did that. And they're, they're not pretty. But I remember watching a not pretty Ohio State team win a national championship with Craig Krenzel and Maurice Claret and a really good defense. And their defense is good enough. You know, it's good enough to still have Michigan in their mirror, get ready for this Penn state game in two weeks. They go to Purdue next week. They'll take care of business there. And I mean, not, they'll be ranked number three or probably, and, or maybe people have Florida state over them, but I would say that's a coin flip between those two, honestly. So it's, it's not pretty, but they're winning football games. And like I said, it's not complicated. Throw it to Marvin Harrison. That was a letdown for Maryland though. I thought they got, they did. They played very well in the first half, and they played very poorly in the second half. So they're yeah. not quite there yet. Nope. Nope. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. 
Uh, speaking of Michigan, 52 to 10 over Minnesota, two pick sixes among the big plays for, uh, for Michigan. Was this their first road game? Second, they beat Nebraska last week. Okay. okay. They, they have a strong argument as best team in the country. I mean, yep. Georgia does too. Yep. Georgia and Michigan have separated themselves a little bit to me, kind of like last year. Um, they're dominant. They're, they're, there was no mess around tonight. In past years, they might mess around in a night game at Minnesota, but uh, they gave up a touchdown at the end of the half on a deep ball. And I mean, they're just McCarthy's under control and their defense is awesome. And they will beat Indiana at home next week. They'll probably get Michigan State's best shot. And then it gets into November where they're going to play Maryland, Penn State, and Ohio State. They still haven't played a ranked team. They still have a lot to prove. But to me, there's something to be said about going out and just annihilating teams. And they're the one team. You had that stat a couple weeks ago about every the teams that have won every game by 21. Well, they're still – they still qualify. Um, mm-hmm. They've dominated so far. Georgia finally dominated. They had not dominated yet against a decent team. Uh, there was, you know, speculation. Kentucky could finally do it. Finally knock Georgia off. Not so fast, my friends. 34-7 to at halftime. 51-13 is the final. Brock Bowers, 192 yards and a touchdown. He almost had a second one. Couldn't quite pull it in. But uh, Carson Beck threw for four touchdowns, and it, this was the finally the Georgia we've been waiting for. Uh, it wasn't an underwhelming performance that they've had. I don't know if they got tired of a lot of people talking, like including me, that they shouldn't be number one. They look like a number one team today. I'll they, say that they are till they lose, and that's kind of what I've held that line the whole time. And this was the reminder that. Kirby used that. Carson Beck's settling in a lot like Jalen Milrow. I mean, he's not a Heisman candidate, but Brock Bowers, three straight 100-yard games. Defense was dominant. They smacked Kentucky around. They're not going to lose in the regular season. They're probably not going to lose in Atlanta. Um, they're just really good, and, and Kirby can use that. Like I said, it's still wide open. I mean, I think teams have flaws, but I think one of my takeaways from today and toyed around with it maybe we'll toy around with it during the week is I, I do think Michigan and Georgia have offered some separation um and they did last year I mean they were the two best teams most of last year and Michigan kind of screwed it up by losing to TCU so same formula they bully you with their running game but although Georgia's a little bit different they Carson Beck threw it around tonight he had he he had almost 300 yards at halftime. So it's like they're trusting him more. They didn't trust him against that South Carolina game. I swear. It was like they wanted to run first, run first. And then Auburn, I thought they were careful a little bit. Today, not so much. They came out firing. They were razor sharp right from the beginning. First two drives, quick touchdowns, 14 nothing. And they're saying, Kentucky, uh, this is our house. We're the boss. Oh, yeah. And, you know, another probably a disappointing loss for Kentucky because this was a, a moment to show that, hey, it's different, but it was another nightmare trip to Sanford Stadium. Um, Georgia's, re- like I said, Georgia's really good, and Kentucky will still be ranked, I think, and they could still get to – I think their goal, they're probably not going to go to Atlanta. Stoops needs to take them to a uh, New Year's Day Six Bowl. That would be a, a remarkable accomplishment. If we get Kentucky and Louisville in New Year's Day Six Bowls, they can cancel the basketball game this year. I'm sure they'll do that. <laughs> That'd be something. Um, Coach Prime, let's not forget. Let's go out to the West Coast, the Pac-12. Coach Prime goes on the road 
Colorado ends a 10-game road losing streak in the Pac-12 with a 27-24 win at Arizona State. Uh, Coach Prime and and, uh, and the Buffaloes gave up a tying touchdown with 51 seconds to go. And then Shador Sanders drove the Buffaloes immediately into field goal range, 43-yarder with four seconds left. And that won it. Uh, Colorado is now 4-2. and two. Uh, Shador ran over to the Arizona State student section and flashed his watch immediately with a big smile on his face. Uh, where you fall on that, that's all up to you. Uh, but it's going to be making all the social media rounds right now. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing to see that they have already, they're the over of the, of their over under was three and they're already at four and two. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, they're, they're probably going to get to a bowl game and that's the goal now. Um, big win for them. There's still going to be bumps. I mean, they still got to play Washington state and Utah, but who knows? I mean, Washington state was a really bad clunker today. Um, against UCLA turnovers couldn't convert on third down but that, that was like like I said a little bit out of sight out of mind people are still following it and trying to find the Pac-12 network but a uh, huge win for Colorado and they'll still be in the consciousness uh who are they playing next week I don't even know are they on by they might be on by Stanford I think so they'll be five and two and they could like creep back up into that top 25 range if they keep winning yeah it's unbelievable. Just so clutch. I mean, the, the first pass right after the field goal was a 40-yard pass right you know, into Arizona State territory. Shador Sanders. I mean, there's magic there. You know, it's not all hype. There's some there's some meat to the bone uh with with Colorado. So that was great. Um one other one I want to touch on LSU 49, Missouri 39. Jaden Daniels, 15 for 21, 259. And three TDs through the air, another 130 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, Brady Cook from Missouri threw for 411 yards and two touchdowns, had two picks, one of which was a game ending and point spread covering pick six with 34 seconds left. Uh, on the bad side for LSU, they gave up 527 yards, but that's about 175 yard improvement from uh, giving up seven, over 700 against Ole Miss. Um, Missouri led 22-7 uh, early, and they were up 39-35 in the fourth quarter, but LSU drove 75 yards in five plays. Same, actually, same numbers as the Oklahoma winning drive. Uh, Daniels accounted for all 75 yards, either through the air or on the ground, and uh, LSU's defense actually did hold the lead in the last two possessions uh, to, to close out the win. Yeah, it was – they – I hate games like that. You know that. There's, it's just dumb that, that they can't play defense. <laughs> like I would flip over to another channel and then I'd flip back and they're already at the 40 yard line. I'm like, who, what defense are we in here? So good, good win for LSU. Stole that one from a Mizzou team that you know, they wanted it bad. They, they did. The fans were fired up. Some people yeah. we work with were probably fired up and ready to talk about Mizzou being a, SEC's contender and that they want a big piece of Georgia, but Luther Burden's awesome. I mean, yes. Cook's a good quarterback, but they didn't play defense either. So what? What? That's do you- that's the thing about LSU, though. Like when they go and play Alabama, like they're bringing an offense that can put up points, and Alabama's going to have to keep pace. 
they will though because LSU can't tackle. Like that's my point. <laughs> like they 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 will. I watched Ole Miss score all over them, and and so I don't know. I mean, that'll be a fun game. It's a big win for Brian Kelly. It saves face because he made a weird joke about Columbia jackets, and <laughs> that was just he. I wonder what like he watches that he thinks is funny. I mean, I don't have the greatest sense of humor, but I, I don't where like. I, yeah, I didn't understand that one. It was really, it was so bad. It was funny. Like I was laughing about it because it was bad. So maybe that's the intent there. I don't know. But uh, yeah, big win for Jaden Daniels. Heck of a quarterback, man. He, he makes big plays, played hurt. And uh, like you said, I mean, that, that adds intrigue to Alabama because the winner of that game is going to Atlanta. And that's going to be a fun debate. Uh, we're going to do our midseason All-Americans for Sporting News this week. Sportingnews.com and the first string quarterback, Caleb Williams, unless something crazy happens tonight with Arizona, he did get off to a very slow start. They have narrowed the gap. I think I saw 17 14 uh, mm-hmm. was the last score I saw. But as far as the second team quarterback, Jaden Daniels has got to be in the discussion. As much as I love Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels has done a lot this year. Yeah, I mean, I Penix, Caleb, Jaden Daniels, I mean, they're all stat stuffers for sure. I mean, mm. so, uh, yeah, but that that's why we have the midseason team. Shadur Sanders is in that Yes, discussion. that's true, very so, true. That's so, a good one. So they uh, definitely it'll be interesting to see. So we'll, we'll break all that down this week for sure. Next week's tailgate. You had one shit tailgate to choose. Would it be Oregon-Washington? Or would it be USC Notre Dame? Oh, Oregon, Washington. Big Big Ten tailgate. It'd be, you know, huge. We got <laughs> a couple of Big Ten Big Ten schools and uh playing a huge game. We'll have Big a- Ten schools out in Seattle on Lake uh whatever the lake is right there. Yeah, but we have a couple of cool features coming this week at Sporting News and and I talked to Kellen DeBoer of DeBoer of the bye week about that and looking we'll dig into that in Washington and they are the best team in the country. I don't know. We'll see how it holds up after today. Uh, they they hit more 20-yard passes down the field than any other team per game. They take more shots than any team per game. They've got a left-handed quarterback doing it. Oregon, like I said, they're good. That This is a chance for them to get that big win. Huge game for the Pac-12. As of now, they have three unbeaten teams left, and uh, we'll see if it stays that way here with USC. Yep, yep. Uh, my woe Nelly for the week, I got to give it to Haynes King and uh, Christian Leary hooked up for the 44-yard touchdown with one second left for Georgia Tech to just absolutely stun Miami uh, with one second left. Georgia Tech gets the win. That was a woe Nelly moment. I could not believe he scrambled. It wasn't a Hail Mary necessarily. It was almost a breakdown in coverage. They only needed a field goal to tie. But there were only 10 seconds on the clock. And so they couldn't, or they, when they were out of timeouts, I mean, they could have shown, thrown a 15 yard out and maybe kicked a field goal, which is why Miami wasn't necessarily in a Hail Mary defense. And King scrambled out to the right, and suddenly a guy broke free, and uh, that was it. And into the end zone it goes. So, uh, yeah, that's my whoa, Nelly. That was probably the most exciting play I saw today. Yeah, I, I, the block field goal with Alabama, that was kind of cool that they, they were in that, even though it got called back kind of, yeah. that, that was sweet. Um, you know, because 
it's just a reminder. They can walk in. They can still walk into your house and ruin your day. And they ruined Texas A&M's day. Uh, Dylan Gabriel would be none. And then I wanted to point out that there, as of now, with USC, there'll be 15 remaining unbeatens in college football. And outside of the Power Five, those teams are Air Force, 5-0. and mm-hmm. James, James Madison, second year in the not even eligible for a bull yet. <laughs> and uh, Liberty with Jamie Chadwell. So he's back with his work at Coastal Carolina. They beat Sam Houston this week. And uh, I always like paying attention to that. And just another subtle reminder that your Ohio Bobcats are 5-1 and one, along with Toledo. And now they will be a top 50 team. They, they look good. So... That OU Toledo rematch in the MAC championship ought to be a lot of fun. There but Miami, go. Miami of Ohio is five and one too. So that for the the MACTION is coming. We're like a couple weeks away <laughs> from it. Awesome. So, all right, my final twisted tea toast of the night is going to go to not one of the undefeated teams, but one of the formerly winless teams who is no longer winless. UConn pulls out a thirty-eight thirty-one win at Rice. And they are now uh, one and five on the season. Remember, they went to a bowl last year. They are uh, got off to a slow start, but they are no longer among the winless teams. So hats off and twisted tea toast to the UConn Huskies. That's a good one. Well, there's only two winless teams left, and that's Nevada, who was on a bye week. They play UNLV next week, and Sam Houston, who will uh, come back from that. So uh, I guess, I mean – they're not going to want to hear it on this particular channel, but I'll, I'll toast Jeff Brom, you know, took Purdue. How many coaches in this day, they, they took, he took Purdue to a big 10 championship game last year. He goes to Louisville. He's six and oh, he's got that, that program excited about football again. And, uh, you know, at Notre Dame's expense, of course, but that dude can coach football and he can coach quarterbacks. And they, they, he's got a way about him that I, I like, programs where the guy comes back to his alma mater and it works and it doesn't always work. It did not work for Scott Frost. And and there's several other cases of that, but it's working for guys like Jim Harbaugh, Jeff Brom, the guys that, that that they really, you can tell how much he cares about that university. So I got to give it up for Jeff Brom. That was a great performance today. And six and oh is six and oh. I mean, it was a night, you know what I mean? It's one of those program building nights that you just, Everything went right, and they built it up, and they played in prime time, a huge crowd, record crowd. Like, you really want to come through on those nights, and they came through with authority. So, yeah, good good on Louisville. Tough night for Notre Dame. But uh, before we go, who would you think better shot at beating Florida State, Louisville or North Carolina? Where are those games? Well, Louisville doesn't play Florida State. So that would have to be in a championship. Oh, uh, okay. So, um, I mean, those are the two right now. For the championship. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Cause Miami played their way out tonight. I would think uh, you can't drop that kind of game. I don't know. I mean, North Carolina is a better quarterback for sure. Uh, but there's something going on with Louisville right now. Right. I mean, they've got some magic going on. It's so, gonna, it's gotta sting some Texas fans that, North Carolina is going to be sitting there five and zero with Mac and another one score loss, just another one score frustration. What a day! Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that next week with uh, North Carolina Miami. So, all right, well, I thank you to everyone for listening to the CFB Nation All America Podcast, brought to you by Twisted Tea 
on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for those of you watching on our YouTube channel at CFB Nation, thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. We will be back throughout the week with some more episodes. And don't forget to join us each Saturday night for our live reaction show around 1130 here on the CFB Nation YouTube channel. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will see you next week.